When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All in Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Jerry Hamilton. Jerry uh, of On3 National Recruiting fame, uh, also of Inside Texas uh, staff member. Remember, how you doing today, Jerry? I'm good, Bobby. Just uh, down in Florida, uh, down in the Jupiter area where I used to live and headed up to Orlando in a couple of days for the Under Armour practices and then game. Gotcha. We're, we're going to get into that, that Under Armour stuff because I think there's – I've counted it up, and I think there's um, – 10 guys of interest to Texas fans that are going to be participating in that Under Armour game. Uh, I believe six of them have already signed with Texas. And then there's four that Texas is kind of in the hunt for. Um, But to start today, I want to talk more about where everything is at with everybody that we know of that's truly left on the table at this point for Texas from a high school perspective. Um, you know, we would be remiss not to start with Devon Campbell, um, the offensive lineman out of Arlington Bowie, and where Texas sits with that. I read the scoop today on Inside Texas, and it said it's a Texas OU battle with Texas a heavy lean. Uh, I know you were part of that, the scoop, so tell us what's going on there. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Texas began the re- Campbell's recruitment as the leader, and I think they, you know, they've weathered the storm, the USC storm, the Oklahoma storm, the Alabama visit. And now I think as he gets closer uh, to announcing a decision that Texas is a heavy favorite over Oklahoma, I I think, you know, it's interesting. I think the stability at Texas is actually helping this recruitment um, and helping Devon come back to where he always wanted to go probably at the end of the day. And it doesn't hurt, obviously, that Kelvin Banks, uh, Neto, Cam Williams, some of those guys have jumped in as well, um, you know, because I do know Kelvin and Devon talk. So uh, they met at uh, Under Armour camp and then, you know, saw each other again at Future 50, even though they're from Houston and Dallas area. So I think there's some some common offensive line guys that are headed to Texas. And I think this one's just kind of coming together for Texas at the end of the day. I think beating ball staying at Oklahoma kept is kept Oklahoma in the fight. But I just don't think it's going to be enough at the end of the day. And USC not having a line coach during a critical period of recruiting has got to be a negative for them. Well, yeah, because if for the IT fans that remember back when we reported on Devon Campbell's official visit to Oklahoma in June, uh, one of the things that was told to us by somebody really close to him is that what what Devon really liked about Oklahoma was the continuity between Lincoln Riley and Bill Biedenbaugh. Well, now that continuity isn't there, obviously. Biedenbaugh elected to stay at Oklahoma and Lincoln's out in LA. I think that kind of shook uh, I think that hurt both schools with Devon yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, Texas couldn't have been, and in theory, Texas couldn't have been luckier really this year with some of the movement, uh, coaching carousel movement, if you really think about it, because, you know, maybe De- Devon Campbell, while um, Texas is still in the driver's seat, it appears, 
He has yet to officially make any sort of announcement. So that's number one. And he's maintaining, he's maintaining February 2nd. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, maybe he does it this week, but you, you don't know. But what I was going to say is that the Riley Biedenbaugh dynamic wasn't the only one. There was Mario Cristobal. Right. Um, there was even some, to some degree with Kelvin Banks, um, uh, Brian Kelly taking over for Ed Orgeron. So th there's a lot of that. All right. But, but Devon Campbell is one of the five stars that Texas is still in on uh, and that we're tracking. One guy that you and I have not talked much about, in, in part because we think that Texas is just not really in it right now, is Harold Perkins at Cy Park. Uh, the five-star athlete, running back, linebacker, safety, whatever you want to call him, he's just hell on wheels. Yes. You know, is that just a foregone conclusion to A&M? Is LSU in there? Is Texas even have a puncher's chance? I think everybody will, will be surprised in our industry if he doesn't sign with Texas A&M. Uh, he's going to announce January 2nd during the Under Armour game. Uh, I'll be surprised if that's not Texas A&M. I think Texas, I think Jeff Banks, they did a very good job in, in the recruitment. Um, uh, he went to Texas three times during the season. Look, I've been told by somebody close to him multiple times that Austin is his favorite college town city um he loves the vibe it fits his personality uh but at the end of the day it just feels and looks and everything we're hearing is that texas a&m is going to win out for perkins and you know he doesn't sign unless he signed and didn't tell anybody his plan's always been to commit january 2nd and then sign february 2nd and so even if he commits january 2nd lsu and texas won't give up if he hasn't put it on the dotted line um, he's not, he has not made an official visit to LSU. He could still do that in late January. Now, all the familiarity is gone from LSU after Brian Kelly kind of blew everything up there. So if he commits to A&M on the second, his recruitment could very well be done too. Maybe the LSU just had too much change, but I think Texas a and is the clear favorite. They've got all the Houston kids, right, except Kelvin Banks. <laughs> I mean, they're, they got a lot going – uh, for them with this recruitment half for a while. And, and the one school that has always felt best about Perkins recruitment has been A&M. So it, it. I think it'd be an upset if Texas got him, but hey, upsets happen. The other five-star Texas is in on that's at that game as well as Jacoby Matthews out of Ponchatoula, uh, the safety. Uh, you know, you reported today that Matthews, it, you're hearing more Florida LSU stuff right now than you were Texas and it was Texas a lot right leading up to signing day. Yeah, no you doubt. Know, what, I mean, what's the situation there, Jerry? I mean, are you going to try to get a read on it this week maybe? or? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, you just try to poke around, talk to as many people as you can. Uh, he's announcing January 2nd at the Under Armour game. So he's another guy. Him, Harold Perkins, Abor is a possibility. I know we'll talk, to, uh, talk about to announce uh, January 2nd. Um, so, look, if – if he hasn't signed a letter, he was – what's interesting about Matthews is before he committed to LSU, all the talk way back in the summer, all the talk was A&M or Texas. Um, then he commits to LSU out of the blue. Um, and, and a lot of people close to him said, well, he won't end up at LSU um, because Ed Orgeron won't be there. And Ed very, was very close with his high school coach, who as is Terry Joseph. But then, you know, the LSU talks come back around because that's the school everybody said he's always wanted to be at. But with Mickey Joseph going to Nebraska, 
having played for his high school, Matthew's high school coach. This recruitment's all over the place. And Todd Chatula advanced to the state championship game. So he didn't get to go on the official visit to Alabama that December 10th weekend either. So the key is the key with Matthews, and, the, and some of these kids do a good job. Has he signed or has he not signed? I, I tend to think he hasn't signed. I haven't, and nobody's told me he signed. And so he hasn't signed. He announces January 2nd. Then again, until February 2nd, until he signs, if that's the case. So I know Brian Kelly's made the in and home. They are, they're doing everything they can. And LSU feels a lot of pressure in this recruitment because Kendrick Law, Shaz Preston, they've all gone to Alabama. And that's never good for LSU fans when, when Nick's plucking the best guys out of the state. So it, Florida is interesting because uh, Billy Napier has a little bit of a prior relationship with Matthews and people close to Matthews from being at Lafayette. Um, and he recruited some guys off the seven on seven team in the past that Matthews from Florida was a school that a, a parent of a top prospect that's going not to Florida, going to a different school, always told me the kid really likes Florida. That's probably his number two behind LSU at the end of the day. So it's a recruitment that's all over the place. Uh, we'll see if, if Florida gets them on campus in late January, mid-January, if Alabama does. Um, so it, it, it's a wild card, but Texas has felt was feeling good about that one, Bobby, the, the two weeks leading up to the early signing period. Yeah, so there's there's two pieces here, right? There's one is he's expected to announce this coming week, right? right? But then there's going to be the re-recruitment after that um, if indeed he ends up going to, say, an Alabama official visit or what have you. The other part that you didn't mention, and I'm kind of surprised, but was it more Edo leading up this recruitment, Ed Orgeron leading the recruitment, is Corey Raymond, the LSU yep. defensive back coach, going to, to Florida with Billy Napier. Does that have an impact as well? Or I think it has a, a little bit of an impact, but Mickey Joseph, because he played for Hank Tyranny, was the main recruiter. Of, of Jacoby Matthews, just like Terry Joseph, who played for Coach Tierney, is for Texas. So I think Corey Raymond's a part of it, but I think it's more Mickey Joseph was the main uh, relationship there. But Billy Napier and Corey Raymond together, maybe they yeah, can no, that, that's That's why you didn't mention him. I, I was yeah. wondering, you know, in my head, why aren't you mentioning it? Because Raymond's known as a terrific recruiter, right? Yes. All right, Absolutely. so let's keep going here. Omari Abor, defensive end out of Duncanville. Uh, he's also in the Unarmor game as well. Jeez. Uh, he is set to announce this weekend, I believe, or this coming week yep. or not. And where or is – Or maybe or <laughs> – Yeah, where is he at in this whole uh, scenario you know, right now? I, I continue to hear Ohio State more. Uh, but then there's discussion as it got close to the signing day that, you know, he might want to stay closer to home. So then it, if that were the case, Texas and Texas a and were obviously the two schools mentioned. Um I've not heard, it doesn't mean it's not happening, I've not heard that Brent Venables is making a play at Oklahoma now because Lincoln Riley, they kind of backed off Abor because, you know, he's had an up-and-down senior season. He's very talented. Um, but the thing you kind of wonder with Ohio State. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did he just become a much more important recruit for Ohio State in the state of Texas with Quinn Ewers coming home, Terrence Brooks flipping? Ryan Watts, 
Ryan Watts comes home. I mean, there's maybe Ohio State may have to say, okay, we need, we got to keep our Texas connection here. We need Abel. Especially with Caleb Burton, the receiver, not having his a marquee year no, um, and being a true blue chip guy uh, prior to his arrival at Ohio and, State. And by the way, I think Abor's one of my players. We're writing, we're writing about it, Charles Power and I on three. He's one of my guys to watch this week because he has been up and down. The talent level's not in question, but the productivity is. And it's going to be interesting. And he's going to be in really good football shape because the season just ended in Texas. Those guys tend to have good weeks at Under Armour. Um, so we'll, uh, the guys whose season's ended in November, unless they're playing basketball, they, they, it takes them a couple of days to get their feet back under them. So Abor has a huge opportunity here to prove that he is that top 100 guy in the country or it could go the other way. Yep. It's up to him. And the one-on-ones are against the best tackles in the country. So you can't hide in Orlando this week. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm really interested to, to listen and to hear your thoughts post-practice. I think it starts Thursday or Friday, so a couple Wednesday. days from now. Wednesday night. Oh, wow, so tomorrow, tomorrow night. All right, no, two nights, two, yep. two nights from today. All right. Yeah, the um, players, players report tomorrow, first practice Wednesday. A couple other things here. The two California kids that Texas was waiting on uh, on signing day, neither of them actually have to sign because they're both midtermers. Uh, Ernest Green, the offensive lineman, we think – is not going to Texas, but nobody has come out and definitively said that. Uh, Larry Turner Gooden's a different story. The safety out of Mission Hills, Alamany. Uh, you know, where is Texas on those two guys? I mean, we thought maybe Green had, had, had gone to Georgia, but nothing's out yet for sure. He is a blue chip of all blue chip guys. Yeah. Uh, and then Turner Gooden was a guy where, you know, was he – a really a guy that Texas was going to offer or not. And so, and really go hard after. So where are these two recruitments right now? Well, let's start with green. I think the consensus is he's going to end up at Georgia. Uh, You know, once Alabama it's just crazy, Alabama backed off a green, which sounds crazy because Nick's focusing on the portal more. Um, And that gave Texas, you knew when Steve Sarkeesian and Kyle flood flew out there, to do an in-home with Green. That's not one you waste your time on. And so the fact that they flew out there, they knew they were in it, and they were really in it, um, and they are. I, I, I think with Alabama out of the mix, I, it's been Georgia or Texas here since that, since Alabama made that decision, what, in early December. Um, Georgia's always been the favorite. Uh, Georgia and Bama were the favorites, but Georgia he had that great official visit uh, that weekend, September 10th, I believe. So it's going to be interesting. I think all the consensus is it's going to be Georgia. But what's always been interesting about that recruitment, because I know it kind of uh, – the family wasn't happy. Kirby Smart never made an in-home visit. He's the only head coach that was on Green's list that didn't make the, official, uh, that make the, didn't make the in-home visit. So is that enough to push him away from Georgia? I don't know. It upset him at the time, but – you know, uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I expect it to be Georgia or Texas. The consensus has been Georgia here uh, since this early signing period. I believe Green signed somewhere, and he's going to announce January 8th at the Adidas All-America game. And, and Larry Turner Gooden? Turner Gooden, he's a, he's a wild card. Um, you know, I, I Sark wants to have a California presence, right? Turner Gooden's a good safety prospect that was injured most of his senior year. 
Um, some schools backed, the, backed off them. Uh, so it was Texas, Colorado, Maryland. USC, once Lincoln got over there, maybe a little bit, but I haven't heard enough of that chatter. Um, so I think it's Texas recruitment to lose. So the question is, and I think we're all kind of waiting uh, to know, did he sign with Texas and did Texas take him? It's going to be kept very quiet if they did until he announces January 8th at the Adidas All-America game. So he'll announce the same, same game that Ernest Green is. What, what hats is he going to have on the table? Do you know? I, th- I think it's Texas, Colorado, Maryland. Okay, got it. And he was once committed to Arizona State prior to their uh, numerous issues. A um, couple of uh, – inst- well, I want to go one more out-of-state guy, and that's a linebacker, T.J. Dudley out of uh, Alabama. Is Texas going to take another linebacker in this class that's not a portal? Yeah, I, I think the lean has been the portal, I think. I, I really do. That's what I'm hearing. But, Bobby, you know how fast this stuff changes. Uh, T.J. Dudley's a guy who I saw at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star practices. He made an official to Texas in late June. I think Florida's made more of a push with Billy Napier than Texas has. Um, but it's definitely something we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to be checking in on here when the uh, dead period ends uh, to see if Dudley may pop up and take an unofficial visit to Texas in late January. But right now, it seems more like portal. He's out of Montgomery. I didn't mention this, but he's out of Montgomery College Prep. He was originally committed to Oregon. Oregon. Uh, but uh, when uh, Mario Cristobal left uh, uh, the Ducks, he kind of backed out of that and started looking around. Texas was a possibility. And he, was, he, was a, he was a guy that Texas brought in for an official, but I don't think they were ever all in. They were all in on Sebastian Cheeks, Harold Perkins, those guys. So I think he was a contingency possible, possibly. And that's that's kind of gets to the question of if he was then, what's changed now? Okay, two more guys. Uh, Caleb Douglas, you said you talked to him over the weekend, the wide receiver out of Fort Bend that Texas offered in, in early December. Yeah, I, I talked to Caleb uh, here in the last few days. And he's the only official visit he has scheduled is Florida, January 15th when the dead period's lifted. And obviously we've hit on that. Kerry Colbert. Uh, is the wide receivers coach at Florida. Douglas was committed to USC, has a great relationship with Colbert. Texas offered Douglas in early December, but there hasn't been much contact since. Now, is that because there's no wide receiver coach in Austin? Quite possibly. Or is it because Texas is going portal, which probably is your answer. And it may also be that, look, once Kerry Colbert got the Florida job, you know, look, Texas may know, okay, the kid's going to end up with where Kerry Colbert is. He has a great relationship with him. And he's got the fish immediately scheduled the official visit to Florida. Yeah, Kerry Colbert was at USC. The, Correct. The, yeah, was at USC under Clay Helton and yeah. just took the receiver's job at at the at the Florida. The All right. What what about Dylan Bell, young man out of Houston, Kincaid, uh, talented player, committed to Georgia but did not sign with Georgia. We don't know if that was a numbers situation at Georgia um, or what's going on there. And there's also some possible assistant coach interplay that we're that we're reporting on now can you explain that yeah you know i i think he's it's a bit of a wild card recruitment i went through uh king k during the season because his little brother micah bell's a a really fast uh junior prospect at corner um dylan bell at the time said you know texas was a school he always wanted to go to he grew up my dad was his dad was a vy fan i think and (laughs) so there was a lot of stuff there but, you know, he, he got upset when Texas didn't offer him initially. Now, Texas has not offered him as of whenever we're doing this on Monday. Um, could that change? Possibly. But they offered Caleb Douglas. And, I, and that's always interesting to look at, right? And, um, you know, is 
you know, I mean, we're just throwing, I mean, Cortez Hankton. I mean, is, is he a possibility at Texas receiver stop? I think there's, some, I think who knows? I mean, right now, right. I think it's, uh, Sarkeesian's done a good job keeping it quiet. The name we do know is Brennan Marion for sure. Um, but there's gotta be other guys out there. And, um, you know, that's, that, that could be an interesting twist if Bell didn't sign at Georgia. Yeah. I think that, Georgia. that's what, that, that's interesting how these, the, and it, you know, they could have not offered because they didn't have a receivers coach. That right. receivers coach with Caleb Douglas. Then. Because what the last thing you want to do is take commitments and then bring in a receivers coach and there weren't guys he wanted. Yeah, it, it, I think that makes sense. Um, last name, and he remains committed to Texas, but it's kind of, it's squirrely, and that's Champ Lewis. Yeah, I, I'm going to be interested to see. So right now, Champ Lewis is currently a blue shirt at Texas. I'll be interested to see if he makes official visits late in June. I think if he does, then that recruitment's gone away for Texas. And look, I mean, with all the defensive backs that flip, see what happens with Larry Turner Gooden. If they pull one of Gooden or Jacoby Matthews, I mean, then the getting Ryan Watts in the portal, I mean, the DB room's a lot more crowded than it was two weeks ago right. when this blue shirt news came out. We've mentioned a bunch of, uh, a bunch of stuff about um, uh, college or about assistant coaches, maybe impacting some offers and some recruiting situations. What, what about Tashard Choice, the new running backs coach? He was after a couple of guys, a couple of running backs in the 2022 class yeah. uh, that ostensibly have not signed yet. And they are Javante Barnes, uh, running back out of Las Vegas, Desert Pines, and then Travante Citizen, uh, blue chip kid uh, that had been looking at uh, LSU and Auburn heavily, uh, uh, but apparently has not signed either. Um, and he, Choice was recruiting both of them at Georgia Tech pretty heavily. I, any thoughts on either of those? Yeah, I actually talked to Javante Barnes, a person very close with him, about 30 minutes ago. And there's no – Choice has not been in contact since he got to Texas. And I think Barnes ends up at Oklahoma because DeMarco Murray's the only running back coach that didn't make a move of any of the schools he was considering. Right. And I think USC was getting about to steal him from Oklahoma when Choice went with Lincoln Riley. Barnes made the late visit out to L.A. It looked like it was trending that way. And Barnes is announcing at the Under Armour game. He's an early enrollee. So, uh, you know, even if, I was told even if Choice did reach out at some point in the next few days, it's probably too late on this deal. I, I think Barnes is growing more comfortable with DeMarco Murray staying at Oklahoma. Travante Citizen. Look, I don't have anything on him that people don't know. It's kind of – that one's kind of a quiet one. Uh, Florida is in it, I believe. I, there was a lot of chatter he was going to sign with Auburn. Um, he's a, scheduled to announce January 8th at the Adidas All-American game, so he may have signed and nobody knows. Um, did he sign back with LSU and nobody knows? It's a possibility. But I think, there again, there's been a lot thrown into that recruitment because when Auburn was being talked about, Tank Bixby jumped in the portal and was likely leaving. Now that doesn't seem like it's the case. So does that change citizens recruitment? Because he could go, he goes from going in thinking he could go into Auburn and be the guy to now backing up one of the top three backs in college football. That's a much different situation for citizen now than it was three weeks ago. Wouldn't be any different at Texas either. No, it would not. I mean, LSU's, um, LSU and Florida are the best opportunities for him from the on the field. Thought That's the thought yeah. process at least. All right. Um, all right. Me and Eric yesterday went over portal needs, Jerry, and just to, to flip the switch here. Um, 
obviously Texas already has a quarterback and, and defensive back that's joined. The defensive back, more of a boundary corner yeah. type, and that's what he said he was recruited as. The, the, the needs, wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, and off-the-ball linebacker, possibly a safety. You agree with those? You see any Texas um, doing anything different there? Yeah, um, I, I might have missed it. Did you miss it, mention Edge? I, I didn't, but it, it, to, to Eric's point, and I think this you would agree with this, finding the right Edge guy in a portal, right. right? you know, good luck with that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, just me, I think, like, I'm going to throw Edge out there because it's, it continues to be, you know, a position of of weakness right now is pass, natural pass rush ability. I, I think Edge and linebacker are the two – for me, on defense, wide receiver, obviously on offense. Um, you know, I think I, – I know tight end's been talked about. I think this staff is very high on Gunnar Helm from what I'm hearing and Juan Davis. So, if something doesn't work out there, I think they feel like they have two really good freshmen going to be sophomore tight ends in the program that they can uh, really grow with at that position. And that doesn't even include Jatavion Sanders. So, you know. Got it. it no, that makes uh, sense. I mean, I, I think that edge would be ideal. I just don't know that – Right. I mean, you definitely have to have a wide receiver. You're essentially going to have to go down to an Albany, Miami, Ohio. You're going to have to go way down a level and on an edge player that put up productive numbers. So that's got to almost be a sure thing for you. You don't want to, uh, those kids are going to have a lot of offers and a lot of opportunities. So if you bring in an edge guy and they're thinking it's a, it's a difference maker, which I think is different from the guys they brought in last year. I think they're, putting it together last year. I think this year you're looking for a difference maker. But wide receiver, I think, look, I think wide receiver is bigger than anything on defense uh, to me. And I know linebacker has issues, but, uh, you know, I think Brennan Thompson will play and his speed will bring something to the table. But you just don't know about what Whittington's going to do. You don't know what Troy O'Meara is going to do. Jaden Alexis is coming off a knee injury, who I think was starting to turn some heads before the knee injury. So there's so many unknowns at wide receiver. You can't leave Xavier Worthy out there by himself. Marcus Washington came on a little bit, right? You don't really know about Casey Kane. I think if there's a difference maker at wide receiver, that's going to be as important as anything for Texas because you also have to factor in, look, we bet we're thinking Quinn Ewers wins the job. It's going to be a competition. It's, he's a, going to be a first-year starter in college football. He's got to have more than one guy to throw the football to. I agree. I, I agree. Um, Jerry, the, the uh, Under Armour game, uh, we've talked about these guys. Uh, Kelvin Banks, um, uh, geez, Kelvin Banks, Devon Campbell, uh, Jacoby Matthews, Harold Perkins, and Amari Abor. Uh, but also in the game are uh, Jare Bledsoe, Neto Umiozulu, BJ Allen, Justice Finkley, and Brennan Thompson. Yeah, uh, Brennan, uh, I'll, I'll I included Brennan in my article because he was selected for the game. He's not playing because he's still rehabbing. The, the, uh, the injury to get ready for the track, but I wanted to include him in my article because he deserved it. Um, okay, fair. Um, I think Jure Bledsoe is the one that, for me, is going to be the most interesting because uh, he had the worst UIL ruling of all time uh, being ineligible this year, and that carries over to basketball. So there's no way he's in shape to go out there and compete against the best high school players in the country. And he's also a small-town kid being thrown to the wolves, to, so to speak, now because he didn't play this year. He played about 20 snaps in each scrimmage. That's the last time he's played football. So it's been since, what, first week in September. Um, so there, I think it's going to be an interesting week for him. I don't expect – I expect him to struggle, 
But what I'm going to look for with Dre is his talent is not in question. And does day one to day three, does he look like a totally different guy? Is he taking coaching? You know, one of the things when I was a part of the Under Armour game, Bobby, I'm sure it was the same when you were part of the Army Bowl, is talking to the coaches to hear their opinions. Does a kid look them in the eye? Does he listen? In film, in, in, in the meetings, is he on time? Does he care? Does he, does he ask a question? If I'm, those are the things I look for with these kids at the games now, you know, other than the sure things, right? I mean, you want to know, are these guys coming in, are they going to handle the maturity part of the game? Because there is that, right? <laughs> there is that. You can't be late to meetings. You don't get to start. Now, you're late here's the meetings, reality. Here's the reality of it too, is those guys know, do they, I mean, I can boil it down into one question. And that is, do they get it? Yeah. I mean, that that's that's ultimately, you know, that's ultimately how coaches will look at this in a short term. That's right. It doesn't mean that they and, and those that get it now doesn't mean they don't get sidetracked later. Those that don't get it yet doesn't mean the light bulb won't come on later. But typically they separate them into two pieces. They get it now or they don't. I'll tell you what's interesting about the game, and I don't know in your dealings with, uh, with the Army Bowl of the years, but one interesting thing is being close with the Under Armour game, very close for all those years. Every college that has a kid signed in that game or is recruiting a kid in that game, they reach out and ask how yeah. the kid was in the week. How was yeah. he? They want reports on it. So we're not just talking about this stuff. It's actually happening every year. And that includes all the big names. They want to know how their kids were. They want to report on their kids that week. And I'm not saying Dre's not going to have a, a good week with that, but I think he's just such a wild card because he hasn't played one. He was ruled ineligible. And the small town guys coming here, it's almost like the small town guys that go to IMG. A lot of them struggle initially. It's such a, it's such a shock to the system, right? Uh, because Dre Bledsoe dominates everybody he goes against physically. And now for the first time, he won't this week. And he's coming in out of football shape. And if he shows some signs this week, then watch out for him because his 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 ability is off the charts. I think Nettle will play inside. If he mauls people, if he's devastating in the run game against these guys, then that's something to put in, you know, to check a big box for him at Texas and in a power five level. Um, you know, and, and then Brian Allen, BJ Allen, I think it's a huge week for him because Bobby, you and I are the same. He's his senior tape is above his on 300 ranking or his on three consensus ranking. That's a given. Charles Power, we all, we've all talked about it. Um, the game will, is where he'll show that more than the practices for me, just because of the position he plays, right? The one-on-ones are more the receivers, DBs, OL, DL guys. The safeties, linebackers don't show as much in the practice setting, but it's the game where they show up. And B.J. Allen's a gamer. I expect him to be really, really good in the game. Yeah, I, I think that the, the question, a lot of that, a lot of the game, though, in uh, all-star games are like this, Jerry. It's highlight plays. Right. Um, B.J. Allen makes highlight plays. I don't want to take it away from him, but he's not going to come up and make the biggest stick, nor right. should he try to because that's not who he is. Right. Being the glue of the defense needs to be who he is, and yeah. and uh, especially in coverage where he can uh, – I, I just – I think he's just such a natural football player. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. Herm Edwards, when he was a coach in this game, all, he only thing he talked about was the eyes on the DBs, the eyes, who played with their eyes that week. That was his big thing. He said, all these guys have the skill. 
but who have played with their eyes? And that's yeah. the question I'm going to be asking is what are, the, what are the coaches in the game this year think of B.J. Allen's eyes? Gotcha. That's safety. Yeah. I, I, I that's mean, fair. All right. Um, but that's, that's been this week's edition. I do want to say one, ask, uh, one other question. You mentioned a kid in, this morning uh, in your article, uh, Ian Reed, big offensive lineman out of Austin Vandergriff. Yeah. Uh, Texas hasn't offered, but you're thinking that Texas might be close to that? Yeah, I, I think I think that that's a potential offer. Uh, he played, even though Westlake won 70 to 7 <laughs> at DKR in a playoff game. Uh, Reed really impressed multiple members of the Texas staff. Um, CCU, AJ Ricker offered December 12th, right? And I think he does a really good job. So the, the, the Milwee had been in contact uh, multiple times. Um, Kyle Flood, her, Ian, Ian told me yesterday that Kyle Flood went by the school after that playoff game. So it's serious interest. Texas has been in, uh, conver- in, in contact multiple times. Um, and so I think he's one to watch. I mean, you got, I love the kid's background. I mean, look, whether he plays inside OL or he plays tackle, that's, you know, we'll see down the line on that stuff. But he's a rugby player. He's moved on the rugby season now. He plays for Vandergriff. They play Allen, Westlake. You know, he, and he, he talked about yesterday how it's a different in shape. He said he gets really in shape in rugby compared to football, but he was a goalie in soccer growing up. His dad was a so- college soccer player, then played professional rugby for about 15 years. <laughs> so, you know, he passes a lot of the, he checks a lot of boxes and he's a, he was a mature kid to talk to. He's focused on what he wants to do in life. So he's an impressive kid to talk to. And I do think Texas, that's one they're going to look at seriously offering. Knowing the two defensive ends at Westlake. That's right. Right. And then Texas having watched that game and still wanting to offer the offensive tackle at Vandergriff potentially, I think speaks volumes about him. Uh, but uh, anyways, all right, Jerry, that's going to be it for this week. we got to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for joining. This has been this week's recruiting recap uh, with Jerry Hamilton of On3 and Inside Texas. Uh, if you are interested in these videos and like them, please hit subscribe for us uh, in the bottom right-hand uh, portion of your screen. Or if you're listening to us via podcast, please join us there uh, by subscribing. And if you are really, really interested in Longhorns and want to know what's going on each and every day, uh, there is no better source than InsideTexas.com. We we, uh, really pride ourselves on delivering uh, the latest and greatest Longhorn news and information, as well as a discussion board that is truly about Longhorn sports like no other. All right. Jerry, thanks for your time, man. I'll I'll see you again soon. Good luck in Orlando this week. We'll talk to you later, Bob. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.